Um, so yeah, so welcome to Naked Comedy. Our guest this week is Tom Sharpling. Scarpling? Sharpling. Sharpling. Okay. I wanted to make sure. I'd, I've been having trouble spelling it for some reason. I forget the C, uh, and then I'm yeah. bad with names. Everybody forgets the C. <laughs> so how are you doing this lovely uh, Friday afternoon for you? I'm okay. It's it's snowing here. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, it's it's bright and sunny over here in California. Oh, I should let you know, you were the first... Um, we don't need sympathy because it's snowing. You should be jealous. I am jealous. I've, I've only seen snow once in a blue moon. I might see it when I drive home. Um, there's a portion of the 5 freeway, the grapevine, and it's like apparently snowing right there. Mm-hmm. So I might see snow, but otherwise I am jealous. That's weird California snow, though. Yeah. That doesn't count. I haven't, I haven't really been to the East Coast, though, so I can't judge the difference. I think I've only seen snow... Like in Tahoe or Nevada. Sure. In Nevada snow, I'm sure, isn't the same either. Someday you will. Someday. <laughs> Someday. Oh, but, so what I was going to say, you are the first um, East Coast non-California guest on the show. Yay. Wow. That's exciting. Isn't that special? Yes. <laughs> that's why I was so concerned with what time the time change was, just because I'm not used to it, and I knew there was a chance I would just mess it up. Wow. You did an amazing job of... Uh, counting to three. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully the connection works and everything goes well. But um, for our listeners, if you don't know, Tom Sharpling is the host of the best show on WFMU in New Jersey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the history of the show? Like, how did it, how did it all come to be, what it, what it is now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Well. I got involved. WFMU is a listener-sponsored station. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a it's a pretty uh, big station in the scheme of things as far as that type of stuff goes. It's not NPR or or any sort of public radio or you know it's and it doesn't we don't take government grants or mm-hmm. anything like that. So it's and it's a completely freeform station that. Uh, where, where you know, DJs can literally do whatever they want as long as it's within the bounds of, of uh, the FCC. But it's pretty well known over there, like in the the areas that you broadcast to, or like how sure. big is it? It's 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 it, it, it's pretty well known. It's kind of the thing that before the internet, you could only hear it one way, which would be to hear it over your your uh, you know, as they say now, your uh, terrestrial radio. <laughs> It, um, you, you, you know, you would see people with, like, a WFMU t-shirt or, like, the bumper sticker on their car, and then you would feel it felt like a secret society because <laughs> there, there wasn't a, a unifying website or a community online where you could literally talk to these people. It was just this kind of, uh, this, this thing that, 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 you know, everybody's listening in their car. You don't know who's listening to what. So, but it, 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 it's it's a pretty well-known station as far as that those type of stations go, and it does really well with its fundraiser. It's you know more or less self-sufficient. Very good. At least that's good to know. I know for us, and that might be more because we're college radio, so it's a lot smaller. But our fundraisers, we only have one a year because most of the staff doesn't like to do it. And it's always a very 
very intense time. It's our only time to get funding. Um, yeah. But I just want to let you know you're kind of cutting out a little bit. Yeah. yeah. How's that? Is that better? Not I'm really. On a, I'm on a landline. That's weird. Yeah. Maybe our landlines are just not very good. You want me to call you right back? No, I think it, it's getting better. It's getting better. It? Yeah. Okay. It's it's a little choppy, but it's it's fine. Okay. It's good. Well, I don't want you to have a choppy uh, interview here. Let's see. Um, if you want to try to call back really Let me quick. Call you right back. Okay. Okay. Bye. Hello. Hey. All right, that's better. That I knew it would be better. Yeah, it's always better. I I guess it gets. Uh, they did a thing on Miss uh, Mythbusters. Uh, the phone signal is actually the strongest in the first like twenty seconds, and then it gets into its low range of where it's going to be. Found that out. Mythbusters. Scientific. Um, so continue the history oh. of the best show. Tell us how this became. Uh, so that's a, that's a station that that uh, it 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 meant a lot to me as a as a listener. Mm. When it was uh, when I was you know growing up, because they were playing music that you didn't hear anywhere else. So. Um, How old is the station? Um, you know, I mean, it started in the fifties, but it, it 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 kind of went away for for a while, and then kind of had a resurgence in the eighties under its current uh, management. Mm. That you know, so it really. It, you know, I'm, I'm look. I'm the. I'm not the best with the history of the station. <laughs> but it's but it's it, like pretty. It's an established. Yeah. Station, yeah. All right. But I I started listening when uh, you know, when I was in high school, and it just it it was like wow, this place is unique, and then I I, I would, you know, I would sponsor the station. I would volunteer, you know, like pledge money during their fundraisers, and then, that led to me volunteering at the station and getting to know a couple people there and then I did a music show that you know that was the eventual transition into me doing a music show and then I did that for a few years and what kind left. of music did you play that's kind of weird <laughs> rock stuff <laughs> I actually started with a music show as well I had like a a psychedelic rock show mm -hmm. what time was your show it was all over the place I <laughs> I, I I did uh Two to six a.m. was my first slot mm. on a Sunday night into Monday morning, <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I think I ended up doing a. Uh, I think I ended up at. I think I ended up at eight to eleven at one point on that thing. Maybe eleven to two a.m. I, I can't remember, but it was that was my music show, and I, I left to work on kind of focus on career stuff. I couldn't do both. At that point, it was like I kind of had to make a concerted effort to get my professional life underway. So I put the <laughs> station on ice for a little bit. And then I got, um, you know, a few years later, I decided, it's like, you know, I would like to go back. And, and we did on the show a, a, with a friend of mine, uh, John Worcester, who I do all the calls with. Mm. We had done a... Uh, a thing called Rock Rot and Rule, which was a thing where he called in as a as a rock critic and was, you know, it was funny because he was being deliberately stupid and, <laughs> and kind of jerking the audience around a little bit. It was more prank based than what we do now. Yeah. Um, but 
I mean, it turned into that. We didn't intend for it to. We weren't saying, "Hey, let's trick everybody." We just thought we were going to do a funny call, <laughs> and the people started calling up, outraged over what uh, this dummy was saying. <laughs> so it was like, you know what? If if I'm going to go back, I don't want to do a. Um, I don't want to do a, a music show again. If if I'm going to go back, I want to do that a show that would be that that what we did on that call every week like mm-hmm. that's what I want to do so I proposed that to the powers that be at the station and thankfully they took a flyer on on the idea and then uh, that's when the show started in um, October of 2000 mm-hmm. almost 10 years ago yeah. but but the call started to- right when Bush got in <laughs> well at least now you c- now we can see what happens to the best show without Bush. It's going to go down the toilet now. <laughs> no one's going to call in. It's just going to be like, sad. Like the long, who's the dude with, who with the long hair? Who That's where all his power came from. Uh, Samson? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like maybe George W. Bush is my Samson. <laughs> Hopefully not. I think that the, I think that that's not true. I think that it'll be, it'll, it'll only have a chance to grow now. <laughs> but but so today's today on the best show not today literally but like in today's present time um the show is um it's part is it it's not entirely call-in right there are certain like segments like if you have a guest on where you don't have call-in but the call-ins are are real people now they're not all like it's not like you have comedians call in pretending to be people right that's not that's not all that the show show is now a yeah. lot a lot of the show I mean, just because the amount of material that that would require yeah. us to generate every week <laughs> would be it would be impossible. Yeah. So, uh, or or we could do it, but it wouldn't be very good <laughs> at a point. It would run out of we'd run out of gas. Hello. Hey. All right, we are back, listeners who know, don't know of our technical difficulties. <laughs> yes. But yes, we found out it was our computer, um, which has been replaced. Not replaced, but like refurbished at least twenty times. It decided to get all digital and cut people out, so we got it fixed using our mini disc recorder. You and your uh, MythBusters. <laughs> What's that adding up to now? Telling me uh, that uh, the landlines decay after twenty seconds. Well, I mean, it's still technically true, but maybe it's a decay that we can't recognize. I don't know. I just know that it's good that we have an engineer here. Why are you Mythbusters now? <laughs> they're not here. Not oh, helping no. us out. God. So, um... But anyway... One myth that will never be dispelled is that there are always technical problems. Oh, At a college radio station. Definitely. I was, whenever there's people here that have to train, I'm just like, one thing you need to know, you don't, like, you need to know how to use every piece of equipment. I've had to use the most archaic recording devices... Uh-huh. Because that was what was left. And, I mean, it's useful. And good. It's good. You, you've got that tool in your toolbox now. Do you guys have to deal with this kind of stuff, or is it sure. just us? Anytime there's machines involved, <laughs> it doesn't matter if, if you were at a, at a uh, you know, some fancy schmancy place, or or if you're at, you know, like a college radio station, it, it's, it's, um, it's hard stuff goes wrong it's just whether you're the one who has to fix it or not <laughs> or if you're the one who can fix it yeah 
I have to do a lot of that stuff, and I'm, I'm not good at it, but I do. I get by. So we were talking about Zach Galifianakis having him in studio. I'm keeping my energy up. Yeah. So that this is a dynamic interview. I'm also going to be adding sound effects, so if okay. you, when you hear this, there might be, you know, like rings. Yeah, boings, tears, okay. audience. Okay, like alarms and stuff. It depends on how, I mean, it depends on what you say. Like, if it warrants an alarm or, like, what a point, then... What show am I on? You're on Naked Comedy, <laughs> where anything can happen and does. So, anyway, <laughs> I walk down the hallway, then I open the door. So, I'm giving you spots to put sound effects in. <laughs> then someone turned on the washing machine. Yeah, we're not going to put them in now, just so you know, you have okay. to leave spaces. Okay. And then we'll put okay. them in in post. Okay. Um, <laughs> so anyway, you were asking about what, what it's like to have guests live in the studio in front of me. Yeah, because you have, you have really, really well-respected guests. It's not, like, it's not like just any smoke can come on the show. Like You have really exactly. good people. <laughs> well, that's nice of you to say, and it's nice of them to, uh, to make the trip to the station. It's, I mean, we're in Jersey City, so if they're in New York... It's a it's a fifteen minute path train hmm. to um, to the station, so it's not it's not too bad of a haul. But mm. they still they make the effort to get down there on a Tuesday night, yeah. which is awesome. And having you know Zach come down or uh, Paul F. Tompkins or Pat Oswalt, you know, just the, those people making the trip to the station. John Hodgman came down a few weeks ago. It's just like it's it's a really it it, it, it there's when you're face to face with the person, it's it's so much fun, and then it's very alive and kinetic. Mm. Then, because they're in the room, seeing what I'm doing, and and seeing the magic of radio. Yes, because you know they're all like invisible. Since it's since it's only audio based, you're doing things that if you can't hear it, people don't know you're doing it. Yeah. So, so they can see that stuff, and I think it, there's a, you realize there's another level, level and layer <laughs> to what uh, to what radio is. I feel know, like in a way that could be that could be that could be kind of disturbing. Like I, I, there's, I'm thinking of cool things, and you could you can do anything, but so yeah. I think we should skip around before I before I incriminate myself being a radio uh -huh. host as well. <laughs> like, at least you're not doing one of those filthy podcasts. Yeah, filthy, ugh, podcasts. People in their, <laughs> in their underwear, <laughs> in their house, I've, in the laundry room. Yeah, the only time I've ever recorded myself video, I think, uh, for the show was like, I, ha I made a cliffhanger for um, our season two, which is what you're going to be on. You're going to be on our star-studded season two. Wow. But um, that's the only time I've ever recorded myself, and it was like a spoof. Um, it was like I was back announcing the end of the show and, like, telling people about it, and um, somebody started throwing shoes at me, uh -huh. and then the president commented on it, and it was a dramatic experience. So, <laughs> so, so the show is coming back. That's the, the cliffhanger we can say now safely. Yeah, now we can say safely, yes, I've come out of the hospital and all is well, no shoe wounds. Yes. And the show's back. Survived the attack. <laughs> shoe attack. It's been, it's been good. But, um, so tell me, um, how involved are you in the, the comedy scene over there? Um, you said you're about 15 minutes from New York, so I assume that means you're, like, do you usually go to the, 
the clubs to go see, like, at UCB in New York, or, like, what kind of stuff do you do? You want to know what? I honestly, I don't, I don't get out nearly as much as I, I used to and as much as I should. I, I have a, a job that it takes a fair amount of my energy, and it's in New Jersey. Um, and um, I, I write for a TV show called Monk that mm-hmm. um, we, we write it in New Jersey, and it's, you know, I've been doing that for a bunch of years. And it, it, it kind of, it does, t- it does take a certain amount of my, just, you know, I'm just tired mm-hmm. from it. And if I'm going to do the radio show also every week, that's, um, I've, I've made a pretty big time commitment to, to stuff, you know, <laughs> it's just like between my day job and, and I also work on other stuff. I try to get other writing done, you know, whether it's like, you know, screenplays or whatnot, and then, so it, it's it's um I, I have already bit off more than I can chew and the the thing I pay a price by not getting out as much as I should but I used to I used to go out all the time I was so much fun back then <laughs> now I'm just no but I, I used to go see uh, like when the UCB theater started in in LA I mean in LA no the in New York the real UCB theater not that one. Uh, not the UCB Junior, as people oh, call it. Oh, we don't like that kind of talking over here. Well, the, the, the original is out here. <laughs> this is where it began. There would be no UCB uh, LA if it wasn't for the mighty UCB NY. That is true. I do want to go. I do want to go see it just because I know that, like, you know, when you go on the website, it shows you the schedules for both. And like, I I've been to the UCB theater here, like, almost at least twice a week like I, that's just where I go and I want to know what some of the shows are in New York just cause like mm-hmm. they, they seem different like I feel like like not in, the, not in the bad or better or anything like that but like Comedy in New York is different and I want to see it I haven't seen it yet I've heard it you know well everybody out there uh, so many of them came from either here or Chicago yeah or, or they were they came from Chicago to New York and then went to LA so it's like all your favorites got their they 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 uh, put their thing together out here. Yeah, and then yeah. brought it to us. Yeah, I mean, who's the, who's the uh, who's an LA comic like born and bred that everybody likes? Like, like what, Paulie Shore? <laughs> I'm kidding. Like, yeah, who, you know, like I mean, all the UCB. It's they, it's all by coastal, yeah. Yeah, I mean they they. And I mean, obviously, the the work opportunities out there are undeniable, and you ha- you just have to relocate. And like, I like Los Angeles a lot. I would live in Los Angeles if I had a job that brought me out there. <laughs> so it just, I don't. I'm not gonna be like some dummy and you know the East Coast jerks just like I hate LA <laughs> just for you know because it's because they don't know it. Yeah, they hate it, but. I don't know. I I just really like I I do like I'm not talking bad about LA. Like I love that LA comedy scene. It's it's really fun. Mm-hmm. You never have to worry about like well we had some rain, but you never really have to worry about like how am I going to get to the club? Like weather's fine or anything like that. But I don't know. Like I feel like I just really want to. Maybe I'm just at that age where you want to travel. Mm-hmm. But I really want to go to the East Coast. Like I've only been there once. Mm-hmm. I was with parents and I was like for a day. Like a stopover, but I really want to go. Plus, yeah, it, it I'm getting like time. California fever. It might be time for you to make the trip. 
it might be. Plus, I mean, I need to get a whole new slew of comedians for the show. I have to, oh. and I have to see them. I can't just, you know, call them. Yeah. I have to see well, them. Like when, I, like, when I used to go to the UCB theater, like you are now, all the time, I used to just go all the I mean, I remember when there wasn't a UCB theater, and it was so exciting when it started. I couldn't believe it, because, you know, I'm, fr- I'm friends with those guys. All, you know, the four of them are just, you know, just the best. And when you used to go to ASCAT back then, it was like, it, it, it just would be, it was like the most legendary thing you've ever seen. Like now, all those people are, just, it was like you'd go and it would be the four members of UCB. Then it would be, uh, you know, Horatio Sands, uh, Tina Fey, Rachel Dratch, uh, like John Glazer, uh, or Brian Stack, or Brian McCann, Kevin Dorff. They were all mono- they were all monologists, right? In the no, early they were doing the improv. Oh, they were. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. No, they were all that was that was that's who was doing the show. Oh, I thought I had read that that like they had been the monologists like before they got big like they would do this, but well, that's better. I mean, yeah, they were. <laughs> you would just watch those people do improv with each other, and it was just you could not you couldn't believe what you were. Seeing. And then now all those people are just, you know, they're they're driving the entertainment industry, and it just, it, it yeah, you know, it just it was a real special thing, and it actually made me want to do, like seeing ASCAT and seeing them do it the way they did it. They were doing their own thing at the UCB theater. That's what made me want to do my radio show the way I wanted to do it when I came back, and not just do another music show. I was, you know, it's like if I want to do this, I want it to be the thing I want to hear, which is kind of, you know. So I, I came and I did a, a, a comedy talk thing rather than a, a music thing, and they were a huge part of kind of inspiring that because seeing what the the four UCB, you know, what they built back then was just like nobody was doing that. They they really, you know, that that they changed the face of 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 just comedy with that. I feel like I've, I've like a lot of the people that I talk to on the show, we end up talking about ASCAT, and like I wonder if the four of them, if they know how much like it has influenced like other comedians or other people in the scene, because it does seem like a lot, like almost everybody that I know, and not not because they performed at UCB if they have or they haven't, but mm-hmm. you like the ASCAT show just seems like it has inspired or transformed or um just put people on like a new path like a good path oh yeah oh my god it was just i mean it's just like i had andy daly on my show and it's like this this past week and the thing is like he was a guy who was you know he was watching that watching this like first wave of those guys being so dominant and that's what influenced guys like him to keep to keep go, you know to, yeah. to do what he did he was kind of Just, part of it wasn't he the um what's it called his improv troupe was one of the first um ones to come out of the ucb school yeah yeah i mean it's just like whether it's uh, like um but he was not the ori- you know the original four ucb yeah. members they were the ones who just made everybody else want to do things and whether it's you know like naked babies with mm-hmm. uh you know rob cordry and and uh Brian Husky, you know, those guys, or, or uh, you know, 
what was the group? The Swarm? Was yeah, the Swarm. Yeah. Swarm. I can't remember. And it's just like, you know, they all just, and those people are now doing the stuff that everybody likes because, so it's, it's really just like, I was, I'm never a stage performer. I hate being in front of people. I'm much better suited to being on the radio. So, um, yeah, it just, um, it, it was inspiring, even though it, it wasn't the path that I was following. It just showed how to do that. Like, just do it the way you want to do it. And that's where good stuff comes from. Yeah. Uh, um, I was actually listening to an interview with Pat Oswald yesterday, um, and he made, a, he made a comment that was like, you can't be too preoccupied with what, with what people are are thinking about it or how they are perceiving like oh, why are you doing it this way or something you just have to do it and once you put it out there then people can enjoy it for what it is and I think that I think it is like good to do what you want to do and not what it should be because like like both of us like you have a like a quote unquote call in show but it's not a call in show and it's it's just what it is it's the best show on <laughs> and that's all it has to be. It doesn't have to be like anything else. Like it doesn't have to be like like over here we have Love Line, which is really big, but it doesn't have to be that. Like you can do your own thing, and it's yeah, cool. <laughs> exactly. And like people do what they want with. You know, it's like I wouldn't want to do Love Line, and you know, whatever. Like I couldn't, I couldn't do that because it's filthy. First of all, <laughs> borderline pornography. Yeah, it's a, that show gets kind of intense. I have a friend who likes to likes to listen to it when she's driving home, and I'm just like, ah. I don't know. It's like, it's just kind of gross sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> do you yeah. ever have... Um, People need to grow up. Do your callers ever get to that level of... Filth? Yeah. No, I don't let them get that far. <laughs> I, I don't, I just know. I, I, that's, that's not what... My, one thing I do take kind of pride in to a point is that it's like I try to make the show as it's not I mean I, I joke about it being like as if I'm some sort of you know conservative you know cranky person with the stuff but it's like I, I'm, I'm not but mm-hmm. I don't I don't want the show to be like dirty because there's, there's enough places to get that yeah. you know and I think so much comedy and it's like I, I just think so much stuff that comes out of the radio show is um, I, I just feel like funnier stuff has come out of stuff because of the language restrictions of, of being over broadcast radio you end up finding words that are just infinitely funnier <laughs> to describe things than if you were able to just use any word you want and I, I know it's forced me to be creative about stuff and I appreciate what it has done. Like I, would, I wish I could say anything, but I, good things have come out of not being able to say anything. Yeah, that's what I always wondered because um, I had friends who were like, I would want to do a show, I'd want to do a call-in show. But it always just seemed like, like to me, I think I would have like an aneurysm fearing that somebody was just going to come on and start like cursing. Like, like I know you can, you can screen calls and stuff, but mm-hmm. like... The uncertainty of it just like freaked me out. Like, like, do you ever have to worry about that, or are you? Do sure, you I have my finger on a for, for three hours <laughs> with my finger on a button, just ready.
knot on it from <laughs> over the years of just sitting there. See, people need to know that. People need to know the stress. Don't don't yeah, play with us, people. It's intense because I'm, I'm responsible for it. So I, I take it very seriously because it is over the radio. And, you know, I, look, I, I don't necessarily agree with the FCC's policies on stuff, but they are the policies. And if I want to be on the radio, I, I'm, it's their ball that I'm playing with. So it, I, I don't get to say, man, I don't believe in that. I'm going to say what I want. Mm-hmm. I, I, I care too much about the station to jeopardize their license in that way. Yeah. Like, you know, there's enough places I could just go do something on, on the Internet and say anything I want, and there wouldn't be any problem. You know, that was definitely our concern um, when we started this show, because I, I, I wanted to have it part interview. I didn't want it, like, I wanted it to be comedy, but I didn't want it to be, like, let's just tell dick jokes all day. Like, I wanted it to be, like, substance, and, like, especially for people who are fans of comedy. Like, like if I just wanted to do, like, crazy stuff, like, I would, you know, have any, any comic I could get, but I want to do stuff that people... Like, people want to hear from people. Like, that's why I wanted to interview you, because I really like you, and I'm sure people would want to hear an interview, you know, from you. And, um... I, I, I might respectfully disagree. <laughs> I don't think anybody's interested in anything I have to say. Well, we will see on ratings night. If we can get more than five, then Wait, it's good. Night. <laughs> <laughs> let's all sit on the edge of our seats for ratings <laughs> night. College radio ratings. It's almost depressing. We have a an online meter that can see how many people are streaming, but I like to think that most people are listening on the radio. Yes, you can't worry about that. So that that will only make you cry if you focus on that stuff. It's yeah. I I mostly go by like MySpace comments or messages. If if I got a comment on a show, then it was a good show. Then there was there was a good audience. It's a good way to judge. I did, I did my show. I can tell you. Like now it seems different because it's like oh everybody knows what it is and they like they like it and they get it. When I for two years of doing my show, I got the nastiest emails <laughs> and messages you've ever seen. You stink. You suck. <laughs> get off the air. You're not funny. These calling things are terrible. <laughs> I mean, people just saying the meanest stuff. Play some music. Every one of them ended with play some music because <laughs> it's a music because it's still a music. Station. station, yeah. You know, overall, so people, when when somebody's coming on and talking, they they're uh, they're assuming they're being denied music. When it's like, but no, that's not what this show is. It's like, when is this guy going to play music? Well, this show is not that. We'll play music. Yeah. I don't play music <laughs> on the show. We'll play music. You know. That happens. That happens all the time here too. Actually, um, we have one guy that keeps calling in, and I I feel bad for him because I'd like to honor his request, but it's just not. What we do for the show, we'll always call and he'll be like, um, he has like a daughter's band that he wants us to play. And I, I, like, he's called every show and he called my show once and I was just like, well, we don't even play music on this show, it's a comedy show. He's like, oh, can you play some um, Bill Cosby? I was like, I could, but that does not go with the format of my show like at all. Like, it would just stick out like a sore thumb. And he was just so mad about it. And it's like, like I feel like with radio, Sometimes the audience feels like like they can have more control. Like if they call in, yeah. like they have the right to do yeah. whatever they want. Well, it's because they're over a telephone. Also, they're not. They wouldn't have the guts to say that to your face. <laughs> Just like, I mean, look how the internet is now. With people can obviously 
say things and then just not be accountable for it. Yeah. You know, because but you're the one, you're the actual human who exists, <laughs> who who they're saying it to. It's not like they're saying it to some fake internet character. You know, you, you're, you, you are actual flesh and blood, <laughs> and they're saying things anonymously. Actually, I'm a robot. Uh-oh. I knew I, I knew something was wrong with <laughs> this tech stuff. You were probably the reason why the signal was coming in bad. You're probably too close to the thing, and it's... it's uh, There's feedback. Feedback, yeah. There's, there's some but, problems um, going on. You can't worry about that stuff. It's like I... If I would have quit because some dummy is telling me that he isn't up to speed yet on what I do, that's not my problem. You know, that's his problem. And, you know, and this, this one guy who wrote this nasty thing two years after wrote back and he's like he, called, he actually called on the air he's like I get it I get what you're doing now I get it I like it and, I, and I, it was like one of the greatest moments I was just said it's too late I don't need you now <laughs> just to dismiss that guy well, I really yeah. do respect your the perseverance that you have with this show because this isn't just like a flash in a pan oh look it's good like you've been working at this and it shows like it's grown and it has like it has history people love it and it's it's really cool to see especially with radio like on the brink of dying i think that you're one of the one of the few shows that could help keep it alive for a little bit longer (laughs) i don't know about that i think you are (laughs) guided but that's very nice of you to say (laughs) it's just one of the shows that will help keep it alive i mean if you can buy a radio for two dollars we need to keep that going yeah those are the audiences that that we need to keep reaching. <laughs> when are you going to give this uh, unheralded comic, Bill Cosby, some uh, airtime so well, that people can find out more about him? When we do our fun drive, which is what we call it, once a year, uh-huh. we have a week where we do every show is um, dedicated to one artist. So I might just have to, like, I was I was thinking of doing, like, Paul F. Tompkins or, like, Doug Benson or something like that, but I might have to give it to Bill. I might. Have you to bite the bullet. Some people can find that stuff. <laughs> Bill Cosby. Look, I love Bill Cosby, um, but there's no shortage of exposure on this guy. Yeah. And, you know what you're doing is actually a pretty noble thing to try to give people who you feel deserve the attention the, the attention to use use your radio show as a platform for that. So whatever attention it can get, I'm more than happy to share it. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> I think you'd go with the Paul F. Tompkins tribute rather than the Bill Cosby <laughs> tribute. By the way, we miss him. We're going to steal him back to L.A. Not, as soon as Best Week Ever is over. Well, it's not going to be over. <laughs> Are you rooting for his we just show wanted, to go off the air? No, we, um, at the, the L.A. UCB, there was a comedy death ray show, uh, Christmas, and a 300th um, show. It's like, the big stand-up show for UCB he a, here. He did like a video thing, didn't he? He did, but before that, he did that near the end of the show. He came on, but before that, um, they were doing a skit that was based off of the Bill and Ted show at Universal Studios, mm-hmm. and um, I can't remember his name, but one of the improvisers at the UCB um, played him as like the hero of pop culture, and it was amazing. It was just like, because we needed him there, so we had to stand in. But we're gonna steal him back. That's the plan. Yeah, you should. You guys should be prepared. No, we're just gonna take someone else. <laughs> I'm trying to figure who we're gonna take next. 
I'm gonna take one of the original four back because we got three. And you have I one. Think you're getting four now. <laughs> I, think, I think Amy. Well, I think if Amy Amy, Amy Poehler is gonna do her TV show, I don't uh, think she would be out there. Oh yeah. Well then, well then we're gonna win. <laughs> well, we'll just have to take. Uh, I'm gonna put together a package. We'll see. We well, guys still have. I don't know if does David Cross uh, perform at the UCB or does he perform? He's all over. He he. Go, I think he lives here, and goes and works there. Yeah, you know, he he's he's a. I think he's bi coastal. Yeah. Well, you guys still have him on like mostly. Cause mm-hmm. He's not really over here, so that's, true. that's a that's a point to you. But we'll I'll start somebody. start keeping a score like scorecard. Take your most precious resources. Who who should I take next? Pat Oswalt, maybe. No, yeah, he's he's a Burbank here. baby. He's ha- like he's having a kid. He's got to stay here. He's got to be a Burbank baby. But what? That's what? what he, he can move. You can't travel with a child. You've never heard of airplane. <laughs> no, no, no. You can't do that. This is not Deadwood. <laughs> People are not taking wagons across the country. All right. Well, I'm gonna just have to put a lockdown on our comedians and. Maybe we'll start. Maybe we'll start like keeping track of it. I'll call into your show and be like, "Hey, look, look who's over here," and we'll start doing. We'll have a repertoire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll figure it out. All right. This has been an awesome interview. I hope you had as much fun as I did. I did. You did. Thank you. Yes. Are you sure? I'm positive. Are you I sure? wouldn't lie about that. <laughs> I mean, you're over the phone. I can't see. I don't know what you would say to me in real life. I can't really tell. I'm not a liar. <laughs> I can tell you. I get these people. Like somebody just said something online. Somebody said, in real life, I think Tom's a douche. <laughs> they did this. So, it, it just like, it's like, what? <laughs> I'm a nice guy. I am. I think what's weird is, like, when you're on the radio, do you, um... Do you actively put on a character, or do you just talk? Oh, I, I talk, but you have to. You have to be. I'm sure. Uh, you know what it is. I, it's a. It's a more aggressive version of me. <laughs> you know. I, I, look, it's clear. It's me saying the stuff. I'm not. I'm not doing uh, Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> like I'm creating some fake persona that's the opposite of who I am. But it's amped up for radio. Yes. Yeah, that's what that's what's weird though, because like, even when you're not trying to, when you're not trying to put on a show, you like inevitably become more than you, and then people, like I've had comments where people are like, "Oh, you sound really cool," and like, I don't know, we should smoke out or something. I'm like, what? Like, how did that come across uh, by me talking? Like, uh, there's some there's some things like where I be like after an interview, like there was one that I did with Jackie Cation. I was a comic here, and um, we were in, like, a Winchell's, and somebody sent me a message, like, hey, you must, like, donuts, you must be fat. I was like, we were in a donut shop. We weren't even, like, we were there, but we weren't, like, pigging out. We weren't, like, let's have a donut feast. Like, it was weird connections people make. Yeah, people can go (laughs) into a donut shop and have a donut. (laughs) It doesn't mean you you split a dozen donuts between you. Just have a donut party. I can't take people anymore. (laughs) That's I gotta why, get off this planet. That's why we need radio, because you, then you can just you can sit in your little studio, and you can talk into your microphone, and that's that's all you need. 
I'm going to broadcast from space. I'm serious. <laughs> if anybody has any access, if anybody needs a court jester for their space shuttle. You should please. have a special, a special fundraiser. Get Tom into space. I could do announcements over the PA on the spaceship <laughs> and then maybe do like a radio show at night. It it, but I'll do like tell people they have to go to the hollow deck <laughs> or whatever. I'll do that stuff straight. Well, when you do, when you get into space, you give us a call. Check back with us here on Planet KUCA. I will. Well, thank you. So it was very nice of you to uh, have me on, and it was a lot of fun. I'm glad. I'm glad. This is Tom Sharpling, our first New York. Well, not New York, but um, Jersey. New Jersey East Coast. God's first country. East Coast. God's country. I don't live in that that filth pit, New York. <laughs> kidding? I'm out here in the Garden State, where everything, where all the good stuff is. Zach Braff, Kevin Smith, Bon Jovi. Where right. it all went down. I guess Tom Sharpling, with no. You've had enough. No East Coast pride. No East Coast pride at all. <laughs> Thank you. All right. I'll talk we'll, to you ta- we'll talk to you later. Bye. Thanks. Bye.